I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm the host, the Supercoach Brain, joined by my co-host, the Supercoach Matrix. Matty, how you going, mate? Yeah, fantastic. Just uh, finished our work and excited to talk about Supercoach. And on the tins. Love it. Um, tins, mate, definitely. Yeah. mate, considering this is uh, episode one, we should probably introduce ourselves, uh, give everybody a little bit of a rundown of our, our backgrounds. I might throw it over to you first. Uh, what's your, I guess, history when it comes to fantasy sport? Um, yeah, would probably consider myself a bit of an expert in NBA. I've uh, started getting involved in Supercoach with you probably for the last couple of years. Um, yep. Yeah, just keep your finger on the pulse. I am a Broncos season ticket holder and, yeah, try to go to every game I can. Um, obviously up in up in Queensland, um, going to the Broncos games. But, yeah, apart from that, just try and watch what we can watch on KO and, yeah, running with it. Love it. Love it. Um, mate, myself, I'm in, uh, I'm in Sydney. I'm a West Tigers supporter. It's been a rough I'm sorry. few years. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a rough re- few years, but it's uh, kind of given me a chance to get into Supercoach a little bit more and find some love for the game through that format rather than watching the Tigers lose every week, unfortunately. But I feel pretty good <laughs> about this year. So uh, let's, let's hope that things improve. It can't really get any worse, can it? Can't, yeah, can't get much worse, but um, they look good. There's a few Smokies in there. Yeah, I'm, we'll um, see I'm excited that... to watch a West Tigers game. Yeah, yeah. But probably well, the first uh, time be... ever, so there you go. Might be uh, talking about a few of them today. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, so, you know, super coach background or fantasy sport background for me. Um, played nearly everything I can. Uh, I've had a 17th overall finish in NRL fantasy. It was a few years ago now, but uh, a couple of top 1,000 finishes in super coach, 330th last season uh, overall, and currently 700th in BBL super coach. So um, hopefully we can go one better this year and, and both crack that top 1K or even maybe even top 100 this year. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, how do you think you're going in head to head in BBL this year? 
Yeah, not that great. <laughs> I've, uh, I, I unfortunately always uh, have a focus on overall rank. Uh, sometimes I don't even think too much about the the matchup that I've got going on in in cash comps and things like that, and it's and I'm it shows st- with my results, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm just staring you up because I beat you last week, and uh, you did. Don't you got me get a leg you over st- in uh, Super Coach, so I'm going to take straight, it straight straight into the buy. Love it, <laughs> mate. I just needed an extra game to get the boys in form. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. You're looking for so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, mate. So, um, you know, obviously over the last probably four to six weeks, we've been uh headfirst into the team picker uh, that Supercoach have released. Um, so I, I guess this episode is centred around that, talking around uh, our teams that we've, we've got so far in the team picker. Uh, we've got a few different uh, ideas around positions, which is great. We'll be up for some good chat there and uh, talk everybody through our thoughts around certain players, why we have gone with them, why we've avoided some, um, and we'll go through each position, mate. So do you want to kick us off? We'll, we'll start with hookers and work our way down. Who have you got in the hookers positions at the moment? Yeah, well, pretty excited to talk about Brandon Smith uh, coming from the Storm. Like, we see what Nico goes uh, once he left the Storm and went to another team. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being the backup to the best player in the game, he's the number one option at the Roosters, which, in my opinion, is the pick to win the comp. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. I'm on the Roosters to win the comp this year, I think. Um, good old better. Uh, when they drop those hundred and one dollar odds for any team to win, uh, I back the I back the Roosters. So uh, I'm actually with you. Thanks for the shout out to Better. So yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Maybe we'll hit look, some sponsorships I, up a bit later. I think anyone once they leave the Storm, um, you know, shit's gold. And Brandon Smith being at the Roosters, having everyone running off him instead of being, you know, the guy that plays thirty minutes and is great to have around Origin time, is probably going to get the Opportunity to play 55 to hopefully 65. I don't think I'm too hopeful in hoping that he plays uh, plays that many minutes, um, especially with Connor Watson getting injured. I think that was mm. the only threat to maybe take 20, 25, 30 minutes off him. Yeah, I, I'm i big on Smithy as well. Uh, I think the big block of cheese is going to have a big year. Um, <laughs> and like you said, you know, you've covered it all. It comes from the storm, whereas back up to Harry Grant and then, uh, and and Cameron Smith, you know, it's it's a pretty hard gig being behind uh, those two guys. Uh, but now he's got his opportunity over at a, a really strong team that is starting to come together and are going to have a pretty good season. So, and I think the big draw card for me with with the cheese is the fact that he's priced at four hundred and seventy eight thousand. Which look, let's face it, for for a guy of his caliber, is incredibly good price. Um, only averaged forty five last year, which means that yeah, we should see an uptick in that. Even if he hits one point per minute, which is usually what he averages at at worst. Uh, yeah, we should be able to see minutes. a 55 He's plus. a machine with it, so. Yeah, and um, also, we're, you know, Roosters draw is worth looking at too because they face the Dolphins in round one. And, uh, you know, we I won't ruin it yet, but there's a guy that I'll be captaining from the Roosters against the Dolphins in round one. <laughs> uh, then they've got the Warriors in round two, and then they've got South in round three before they hit that buy up in round four. So, you know, they've got three good opportunities to make some inroads there. Um, and let's hope he can cement that position and get maximum minutes. And let's keep in mind that he's a um, that he's a Kiwi and won't be an issue through the Origin period. Which, look, every time I've been in Supercoach, it's been let's talk about Harry Grant, let's talk about Damien Cook, and they are the Origin. Look, even Appy's been playing Origin off the bench. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about it with Brandon Smith. Yeah, that's right. Definitely, definitely a good point. Um, one thing to mention would be that they signed Jake Turpin, the Roosters. Um, he may job share. 
depending on what's going on with Connor Watson, it might be interesting to see because, I don't know, does Brandon Smith have the motor to play 80 minutes initially? I would probably I don't know. argue I that he we, doesn't. I think we're, gonna, um, we're not going to see that Brandon Smith that slides into lock anymore. Yeah. I think, I think that's the end of it. And Jake Turpin, like if we're looking at his haircut, I don't think he's a threat. <laughs> yeah, good point. Haircut is very relevant in terms of super coach <laughs> performance. Is very so. relevant. Um, yep. look, grandma, grandma got the old bowl out and gave him a go over. <laughs> um, look, yeah, look, he's not going to make it in Sydney. Like maybe up here in Queensland, um, there was talks he was going to be uh, the Broncos captain and the Broncos future. But uh, yeah, no, with that Didn't haircut, he wasn't going to make it. No good. No good. Uh, Got to go the uh, the old one fade to get anywhere <laughs> these days. Definitely, definitely. Um, another guy that I want to talk about in the hooker position, uh, it's been talked about all over. Um, I would say he's going to be very well owned, but that's Reese Robson. Um, I see him in yeah. your team too. Uh, do you want to get started? Yes. On, started on Reese? Yeah, it's funny. We, we have the same guys at hooker um, for, for good reason. Uh, obviously, you know, from Brandon Smith, he's going to be one of the most owned to start the season, I think. And Reese Robson will be pretty close behind him, I think. Like, they priced him at 678000 off a 64.5 average last year, which, you know, in itself is an incredible effort when you're comparing him to guys like Cook and uh, and Grant. But the one thing we need to take into consideration here, and I think the reason why he will be so popular, is that the Cowboys have the most juicy draw initially. Like, let me run you through the first eight teams that they play. They've got the Raiders in round one. They've got the Broncos in round two. Then they've got the Warriors, the Gold Coast Titans, the Bulldogs, the Dolphins, the Warriors again, and Newcastle Knights. So. I, you you can't even get close to that. I think the I think the Storm have the second best um, schedule initially, and I, I still don't think it's even close. So that that is incredible for a guy like Robson, who's very attacking focused, uh, has a lot of attacking points in him. Um, I think he's definitely going to see some opportunities, and we're not really going to have to worry about the buy with Robson either until round fifteen. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. But yeah, um, that's something I was. You've looking got him at. in yours as well. Yeah, that's why I was looking at Robson like. You can't go wrong with Grant or Cook. And I think every time anyone talks about Supercoach hookers, they're going to be talking about Grant or Hook. But when you can save $150,000 on Grant, um, this opportunity with Robson to lift, Grant is hes probably not going to get over 80 of an average. He's averaging 77. Um, he's 816K. Damien Hook, Cook, I don't think he's turned a corner or anything. I don't think he's over the hill, but he's not going to be better than 75. Reese Robson could be up there talking about, you know, 75, 80 averages. Um, he's a guy that you could captain on a good week. If you don't have guys like Val, um, if you don't have their 5'8", um, yeah, you're looking at Robson. He's great. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, completely agree with everything you've said there. I think the Cowboys are going to be popular in general. If you're not going with Robson, you're probably going to be looking at going with somebody else or going with a couple of other guys in that squad that I'm sure will pop up in our chat over the next few weeks in the lead up to the season. I think there's only 42 days left until the season kicks off. So, um, yeah, I am. So, uh, it's definitely, uh, looking forward to the season to start, but yeah, very exciting with Robson. So. I completely agree with that. I think, you know, you said you don't know whether Cook's over the hill. I'm, I might argue that he has uh, a pretty ordinary season this year. That's, uh, yeah, you know, cool. you, can, you can put that one in the book. Um, <laughs> Write I think it down. He's turning, he's turning 31 and, and oh, I'm 31. So, you know, if that's anything to go off, I'm in pretty 
Uh, I'm feeling pretty ordinary myself, so hopefully Speak for yourself. Uh, I'm just peeking. <laughs> Father time starting to catch up. So, um, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how we go. I, I can definitely agree that Grant will be the first, if not the second, best hooker in the year. Um, but I reckon Robson can match him this year. So we'll see how we go. I don't want to delve too deep into hookers because, of course, we both went with the same hookers straight away. Um, yeah. But being a Tigers fan, uh, what are you expecting from Appy, who, in my opinion, I know statistically speaking, he was one point under Robson. I'd consider him the, the third best hooker. Uh, what do you think's coming from Appy this year? Yeah, I, I agree with you that he's the th- probably the third best hooker. I think when you look at skill and when you look at you know actual actual football and we're not considering super coach, he's definitely going to have one of the biggest impacts, I think, as a hooker to any team this year. Um, just from what he can create and from what he did at Penrith last year was incredible. And, you know, his energy out of dummy half and the, the effort that he puts in on the defensive end as well is definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And the Tigers do need a little bit of curry around the middle. They need a little bit of kind of guts, a bit of grit uh, in their game. And I think he can bring that. Um, super coach wise, I'll be keeping an eye on him. Um, he's going to have to do a fair bit himself attacking wise. Um, but uh, And that could honestly happen. Uh, considering Luke Brooks and uh, is probably going to be down on on confidence initially, uh, we might see Appy doing a little bit more from from Hooker. Um, but can that last the whole season? Can he be someone that averages seventy five to eighty Super Coach points a game? I'm um, I'm not quite sure he can be. I still think that um, the guys we mentioned are probably going to pip him at the post there. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I could see him definitely finishing the season a top five Hooker, which is a win if you've got him in your team. Like, you're not going to be disappointed with that. But I think at 666K, uh, like, Reese Robson has the potential to maybe get 80. Maybe I'm reaching too much. Maybe get 75. But I think Appy, around that 60, around his 2022 average, with a few less weapons, he's going to have to do a lot more. Yeah, I yep. think at that price, if he drops 100K, I think I'll be all over it. Like he's definitely a better hooker than Jeremy Marshall King, or yeah, or dare I say, Reed Marnie. But yeah, yeah, that's a that's a whole different conversation, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, myself, I can see myself hopefully getting to a point where I can upgrade Cheese to to Harry Grant. That that would be ideal. If Robson has the year, I think he's going to have. I'm more than happy to hold him all year. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because you know you, you can't go a whole season without having Grant in your team. You have to think about when you're going to get him in. Yeah, um, but so I think that's going to be after gonna be Origin right when now. Brandon Smith is such a juicy proposition. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Mate, let's move on to, to front row forwards. Um, um, we've got a couple I, of similar ones here. Do you mind if I yep. jump in, coming off the Reese Robson chat? Um, yes. Yeah, I talking about that drawer, I've got Ruben Cotter. Um, 623K. Um, the drawer is something that we've covered. And it's also something I can't look past. Uh, he come mm-hmm. back in price a bit at the end of the season because he was a bit banged up and injured. And, um, yeah, hopefully comes in with a good preseason and fires his way into some easier matchups. And, yeah, I think the Cowboys look really good. Um, I have them in the top four. Um, I think Cotter's going to play Origin, which we will probably lose him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think at 620k, I think you're probably getting 700k um, value. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on board with that. He's he's a guy that I've kind of played around with a little bit, and I put him in, and I've taken him out, and I put him in, and I've taken him out, and it's it's at a point now where 
I'm, you know, I, I am looking elsewhere. I'm probably looking to go relatively cheap, depending on how I go with with other positions in front row forward. But yeah, I, I tell you what, that you can't argue with Cotter. Like he, the the problem with Cotter is that last year he obviously uh, had that hamstring injury, um, and, and he was out for a few weeks there. And then when he came back, his last six round average was fifty. So definitely at least fifteen to twenty points under what he was doing consistently throughout the middle of the year when he was in form. The guy was playing 80 minutes through the middle. Like, it, it, it was incredible. His points per minute were off the charts. So he, he, you can't argue with getting Cotter in your team if you've got the cash. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm looking at him. Like, he is a guy that is 620K. I think you get the 700K average. He has come back. I think if you were paying, you know, Joseph Tarpany price, um, he's somebody that I would wait until maybe he has a couple of bad games and, and get him in my team. Um, you're talking about some of those oh, cheaper mid-tier guys. Um, I think it's a bit of an awkward price and there's a lot of value around that 480 to 490K. I'm presuming you mm-hmm. have some of those guys in your team, Prano? I do. I do. It's a beautiful segue by you, Matty. <laughs> Very nice. Um, mate, I've got a couple of those guys that you've just mentioned, and I know that you do as well. So we've got uh, Daniel Saifidi is my first one. And, and honestly, he was one of my first picked when I found out that Clemmer was heading to the Tigers. Um, you know, with the departure of Clemmer out of that pack, this, this is going to open the door for Daniel or Jacob, uh, probably both, to be honest, um, of those boys to step up. He's a state of origin, quality player, packs a punch. His points per minute were way down as well, which is an interesting fact. So last season, his points per minute were 0.7, which is for, for a guy that plays the way he plays, it's way down on his average in 2021 was 1.1. So even if he gets the same amount of minutes and finds that 2021 form again, I feel like he could easily be a guy that averages 55, 60 as a minimum. Um, and at the moment, he's priced at 46. So there's definitely at least a 15-point um, upswing there or and a, and a pretty high ceiling as well. What are your thoughts on Saifidi? Yeah, look, I'm a big fan. He's one of those guys, those mid-tier guys that I'm toying with. Like, if I have the money, I would like a Ruben Cotter because it's going to be more points on the board. But yep. Saifidi at 480K, I... Look, I don't think it's a stretch to see him at that cotter money by the end of the year. Like, that's 140K uptick. Um, I'm very focused on getting money early on in the season and then finishing strong with points. And, yes, yeah, Safiti's on the board. So Yeah, 100%. It's finding a really nice balance between making sure you get those guns in and those guys that you know that you can sit and rely on to get their 70 and their 80 or whatever it be. Uh, but you do have to have a, a cash focus initially. Otherwise, you are going to be chasing your tail later in the season when everybody's generated all this cash from getting the right cheapies because um, that's how you mould your team overall. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely a few mid-range guys there that are looking pretty nice. Yeah, I don't think you're going to win a 1000 bucks in the first couple of weeks, but I think think Safidi, you know, at that price you've got to be looking at. I'm 100%. thinking pretty similarly with uh, Tom Gilbert coming over from the Cowboys to the Dolphins. Yep, I'm with um, you on that for sure. I'm looking at a guy like that over oh, a bloke like Lindsay Collins. Um, yep. I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to wait and see into the first game 
uh, first three games of the season for Tom Gilbert, but I'm looking for him to build on his tremendous form, his breakout season. Uh, hopefully, he's starting at 13. Uh, there's another another young fella that I'll be looking at to see if he can uh, snag the 13 spot. But at the very least, he'll be playing a lot of minutes with the Bromwich brothers, not getting any younger. Um, mm-hmm. Playing in a worse team, so the workload's going to be up. Uh, should get the opportunity, and um, yeah, I think he'll be up to the challenge. He'll be wanting to win. Uh, you know, earn that contract. Um, there'll I mean, be a lot of Dolphins got- fans out there. I think, you know, Tom being from Queensland will be looking to prove himself. 100%. I think um, when we look at Tom Gilbert's minutes, the guy's got a big motor. So, he, you know, in the last seven games of the season last year, he got a bit more of a crack. He got some more minutes. He played 70-plus minutes in the last seven games of last season for North Queensland, and he averaged 60. So you're looking at a point per minute of probably 0.9, which is pretty solid for a guy that's going to play big minutes and has the capability to play big minutes. And we all know now that a lot of coaches are steering towards that ball-playing lock, and that mobility lock now. You're not just looking for a big bloke to take hit-ups now. You're looking for someone who can move the ball around, someone who can play as that second playmaker. So um, I definitely think Tom Gilbert's got that in him. Uh, moves quite well for a big fella. Yeah, and I also think there's a lot of value around those second-row forwards Um at that price, um, but I don't actually think there's that much value in front row forwards, so that duel's really handy. Yeah, I think it's quite stinky up front this year. Um, <laughs> oh, I think you can definitely struggle. You, you can uh, you can definitely find some value there. I think, and it might be worth kind of jacking up um, some bigger guns in different positions, which I have done. I'm sure we'll get to soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, one thing to mention as well with Tom Gilbert, he is dual. Um, front row, second row. So I, I think having that flexibility uh, gives you a, a chance to be a little bit more manipulative and a bit more tactical with the way that you start as well. If you've got some jewels floating around in front row, second row, you can uh, be a bit more flexible with your trades. So definitely worth mentioning there. No, no, I definitely agree there. Um, I just want to tackle on another mid-tier bloke, uh, guys we're talking about, 450 to 500, uh, Thomas Flegler. Yes. One of your Broncos boys. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've got to get a couple in. I've got to look at someone. I've got to be excited about something this year. Um, I like it. I think he's coming off the bench. He's at 479K, which is, which is a juicy price for a guy that is as talented as or as strong or has as big of a motor as Thomas Flegler. Um Look, at the start of the year, when you're looking at front row forwards, everybody was looking at Payne Haas. I think his mind's elsewhere at the moment. I think Thomas Flegler is going to be the man to step up. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes, and I think he's going to be very handy in a Broncos team. I, I expect to make steps forward. Maybe I'm being super hopeful. You're a West Tigers fan. I'm sure you've had plenty of hope over the years. Um but, yeah, I'm expecting Flegler at that 479K. Like, when you look at blokes like Tohu Harris and Josh Papalihi in the 600s, I just think there's value at 480K for Thomas Flegler. So, uh, yeah, he slid his way into my team. Nice, nice. It's always nice to have someone to cheer on when you're going for your team as well, when you're watching a bit of footy. So I, I don't mind that pick. Yeah, yeah. Bad. Look, I'll be, I'll be dodging the halfbacks. I'll be dodging the 5'8". So, uh, yeah, let's look to the front row. Love it. Love it. Now, you know, whilst we go through this list, we are going to have, uh, I guess, to preface this, uh, these next few players, uh, a few placeholders, uh, a few guys that maybe have a, a fair 
fairly high ceiling. Uh, a few guys that maybe have a, a plenty of potential, a few young fellas coming through um, that have been talked up by squads in the preseason and things like that. And these players definitely aren't locked in stone. Um, they're kind of guys that we're hoping get named uh, in certain positions. But, uh, you know, just to, to preface the next few guys, I think it's worth keeping an open mind with with the options that we have with cheaper players this year. You're not going to know who's going to be good and who's going to be available and, and starting and all that kind of stuff at that basement price until Teamless Tuesday. So, uh, mate, who have you got as your backup, your bench front rowers? Um, I've got uh, Jerome Amasia, um coming across to the Eels. Jewel, uh, I love the Jewel in a cheapie. And... Um, yeah, look, I'll be waiting until Teamless Tuesday to see if he um, he proper makes my team. I mm. think that there's a, oh, what am I going to say, a shortage in front row forwards out there, especially in cheap yeah. front row forwards. But the media doesn't really focus on rookie front row forwards. I think we will get our 200K cheapies out there. And, yeah, I'm hoping it's drama Masia. I like it. Remember the hype about Momosia last preseason? It was insane. Everybody was all over him. He was basement price. Everyone was tipping him to have a huge year. He was going to start at the Knights and he was going to do all these amazing things. And the poor bloke had the you know most unfortunate season ever. Had season-ending injury, and that was the end of him. And we you know didn't see him ever again. So yeah, hopefully he comes when, back with a vengeance this year. When you're looking at cheapies like praying and hoping, you're going to hope that you get a uh, a dual position cheapy that's hopefully starting even come off the bench playing 35 40 minutes and yeah i think there's plenty of talent there speaking of coming off the bench i've gone with probably two guys that will see some bench minutes more so than than starting it's very hard to find a good starting front row forward or second row forward that's going to be costing 200 grand but the two guys i've got are jack hetherington um dual position we know the guy's got a bit of mongrel in him as well and i just like i just like watching the bloke uh, you never know what he's going to do. He's a bit unpredictable, but um, cheapy off the bench. He's got a big tank. He can play 80 minutes if he really needs to, um, or he can come on and play 30 or 40 with uh, plenty of power, plenty of aggression. Um, but, yeah, the, the big thing for me is that he's a jewel and he's near a basement price and there's plenty of up, uh, plenty of opportunity, I guess, there. So that's the first guy. And then the second guy I'm, I'm more high on is Franklin Pele um, from the Bulldogs. Now, you know, not only have the Bulldogs talked this bloke up, but the Sharks – um, had him and unfortunately let him go, and I think they're going to regret that. Um, I think this is going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about for many years to come. He's at two hundred and sixteen thousand, which is, you know, sixteen grand more than basement. And um, I feel like you'll probably slot onto the Bulldogs bench maybe to start. I know there's a few guys that are trying to kind of fight for those last couple of bench positions, but this guy's got too much talent to leave him out too long. Otherwise, someone's going to snap him up pretty quickly. And there's a reason they signed him. Um, you know, fun fact, in the New South Wales Cup last year, he scored 11 tries in 20 games. So this isn't just a guy that's just taken hit-ups. Like, this guy can hit a hole, and he's carrying two or three blokes. Like, I was watching his um, highlights on YouTube. This guy's insane. Um, just carrying blokes over the line, like kind of Taumalolo, Tavita Pangai Jr. style in the New South Wales Cup. So if he can, you know, bring that into the NRL and, and develop through the NRL, this guy's going to be a handful. And if you can say anything about Gus, he can pick one. Absolutely. Got a pretty good track record, doesn't he, Gus? <laughs> yeah. No, he's only 22. Um, yeah, playing front row forward. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to at least be looking at him. If he gets selected, I think he'll be in my side as well. So, Beauty. Mate, uh, second row. Oh, second row. Um, I know there's a couple of guys that we've, uh, we've overlapped here. Um, mm. Yeah, you want to get us started on Big Fafita. Yeah, so... 
Oh, Dave Fafita. He's actually been in and out. I actually don't have him in at the moment, at the minute. Oh, um, saucy. But he, I've had him, I had him in probably up until maybe about three or four days ago. Yep. And I took him out as soon as Tanner Boyd uh, was told to be on the right-hand side getting the number seven jersey, which we'll talk about soon, um, linking up with Fafita on that right-hand side. Now, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because I was pretty excited about the fact that Fafita was going to be linking up with Kieran Foran on the left. Um, so it looks like that's changed now and Fafita is actually going to be on the right edge. So I'm a little bit unsure and I wouldn't mind having a watch first, but to, let's face it, David Fafita can come out and get your 150 for the first three rounds and, uh, you know, gains a, a ton of cash and he's nearly out of reach as that kind of player. You've yeah. got him in yours. Yeah. Well, I think you, we, we were having a chat up off mic, of course, and everybody's talking about David Fafita as if, he had a bad season last year, but he averaged 65. Yeah. And I think he's a guy that you can't look past. Like at 689K, I really like blokes like Isaiah Yo. Like if you are looking at playing head-to-head and you want consistency every week, you're probably not picking David for feeder. But if you want a roughie that you can chuck a vice-captain on and there's a chance of him scoring 160 points, 120 points and a half. I think I don't think you can look past David Fafita. Um, the Titans are going to be interesting this year. I have I don't have him making the eight for starters, but I think you know his best mate coming in, playing on his side, running off his best mate. They've given David Fafita the keys to the to the Gold Coast. They're playing his best mate. Look, let's get around it. You're not going to lose money on David Fafita at 689k. No, I agree. And it's also, I think we need to keep in mind, it's a contract year for David Fafita. <laughs> um, you know, we all know that these guys love uh, raising the standards a little bit when some cash is on the line. Um, and I also think that with David Fafita losing his Queensland spot for the state of origin last year, I think he's going to be pretty revved up to, to prove a few people wrong. I'm kind of hoping so, he doesn't um, play origin as a Supercoach fan. Yeah, that would be ideal for us, but I don't know whether he'd want that. Um, maybe we'll we'll flick him a message and just say, hey, mate, just tone it down a little bit and I'll lead up the origin. He sounds like a New Zealander, so I'll take it. <laughs> That's it. Um, mate, the guy that I replaced him with um, is Looks my like mate it. Cam Murray, and we've got a little sound bite for Cam Murray. Bring it on. Tell him, Murray, why'd they name you that? <laughs> Poor Cam Murray. So uh, every time uh, my wife hears Cameron Murray uh, by the commentators on the TV, she calls him Callum Murray. <laughs> so I uh, thought that was a very fitting little soundbite for Cam Murray because we're going to be talking about this bloke a lot because let's face it, he's one of the best second rowers you can get in Supercoach. Mr. Ever-Reliable, the guy that's always going to turn up and do 50 tackles. He's going to take, you know, 15 runs. He's going to average you 70-plus. Um, and he's one of those guys you can lock in your side and you don't even have to think twice. You can just leave him there for the season. And I know that, obviously, origin is a factor. But I think, um, regardless of that fact, we are going to have some players not play through origin. And you can't just start the season with no origin players. You need to pick the ones that you think are going to be the most consistent and the ones that are going to deliver and get you the most points in the lead up and then post origin as well. And, you know, we've only got a certain amount of trades. You can't just go and trade out everybody. So uh, he's one of the guys that I'm more than happy to run with from day one and just leave him there. So at 750K and an excellent segue into the gentleman that I want to talk about, why would you choose Cameron Murray over a bloke like, say, Angus Crichton? Bit tricky, isn't it? I mean... When we looked at Angus Crichton's season last year, he started incredibly slow. 
Um, and I don't, I'm not quite sure what that was. They, they changed him from the right side to the left and they kept swapping him. He probably struggled to get a little bit of routine and a little bit of kind of uh, consistency in his game. Um, and then obviously a couple of injuries here and there as well. So he did start slow last season. And I think, yes, Cameron Murray's, you know, a little bit injury prone and there's a risk there that he can go down. But uh, I think he's one of those guys. I definitely feel like there's more consistency in points when I'm talking about Murray in comparison to Crichton, who can go low, let's face it. You know, he, he, he can definitely find himself a 30 uh, and find himself not involved on that edge. Uh, or he can find himself getting 100 and hitting, you know, getting two tries and hitting two lines <laughs> and done. So, um, yeah, I, I just feel a little bit safer taking Cam uh, as opposed to Angus. Yeah, no, and, you know, I respect that opinion. I'm going to be looking at Crichton because um, sometimes yep. it's not what you spend, it's what you save. Mm-hmm. And he's 50 grand cheaper, um, coming off a 66 average after having an ordinary season. I think we're getting a little bit of a discount. I think you're getting a bloke like Cameron Murray, or looking at the end of the season, you're going to have the same amount of points as Cameron Murray. And, um, yeah, you're going to save yourself 50K, but that's why we play the game. And, yeah, why we're picking someone from a different side of town. That's it. That's it. Mate, the, the next two guys I'm going to kind of pair together because it's more we're, we're talking mid-range again, you know, 430 to 440K. Yep. Um, the first one is Jack Murchie. Um, so he, he looks pretty set at 432,000 to take that right edge role from um, Isaiah Papali'i, who's now at the Tigers. Um, he's an 80-minute second rower, uh, edge second rower. He's looked best on ground with the Warriors last year. If you watch any Warriors game last year, you see Jack Murchie in the thick of it. I tried to avoid um, it, to he, be honest. He, yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> when you did turn it on for the five minutes to see what the score was and how much they were getting beaten by, he um, he, he was best on ground <laughs> by far. The guy was putting in effort no matter what the score was. Um, so I'm a big fan of him. And I also think that connecting with Moses, uh, Mitch Moses on that right edge could could be pretty exciting. Could be a guy that could, you know, score a couple of meat pies early on and um, find himself up 100 grand or, or whatever it be. And, you know, at 430, I can see him being a fringe 600,000 player if he um, kind of takes on that IPAP role. And I think the one thing, the, the fun fact that we need to mention here is that when Isaiah Papali'i went from the Warriors to Parramatta, he came to Parramatta at a very, very similar price that Jack Murchie's on right now at around that 450000 So can he be the Isaiah Papali'i um, that he was at Parramatta? I'd, I'd argue that he probably could get close. Excellent. And I think rather than looking at – like you have cash cows, cash cows to generate cash, right? Imagine if you can get on someone like Jack Murchie at 430K, generates cash, but he can also be in your top 17 every week and, yeah, generate you those points. Yeah, stop it. Lock me in. <laughs> um, mate, if he, if he starts if he starts in the 12 or the 11, mate, I'm, I'm all over him. I'm uh, actually um, pressing the trade-out button. I want him in. Okay, get him in. I love it. We're gonna, we can ride it together because it'll be the only reason I watch Parramatta games this year, that's for sure. Um, the second they, guy I'm, uh, I'm on, sorry, go. Have they locked in Mitch Moses yet? Uh, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. From uh, So they've got Brownie in. I've heard rumours that he's resigning, but, yeah, look. Um, yeah, you want him coming off Moses. Mate. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Mate, the other guy that uh, will be coming off Luai is uh, Luke Garner on the left edge. So he obviously will take that, or he should take that left edge position from Kikau now that Kikau's over at the Bulldogs. Um, You know, Garner, he had a really good season, I think. He only averaged 41 
Uh, and when I looked at that, I was like, hang on a second, that doesn't seem right, averaging 41. But he did have a, a few low games and a few games he didn't get involved with the Tigers. But look, can you blame him? Um, <laughs> the poor bloke was getting barely any good ball. Um, unfortunately, when you're on that side, um, you know, you're not really going to get a, a ton of opportunity. But when he did, uh, he's a great hole runner. Um, he's a guy that close to the line you want to get the ball to. Um, and let's face it, I, I think Jerome Luai is a little bit better of a prospect than Luke Brooks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I would agree could with be. that statement. But um, I reckon he could comfortably average around that 55 to, to 60. Um, you know, we're not expecting him to be Viliami Kikau. That's it's not going to happen. The guy doesn't have the size or yep. the strength. Um, but he does run a good line. Uh, he's got a good work rate as well. Um, and, and again, at that price, at that kind of low 40 average that I think could easily work his way up into the mid fives. Yeah, he's a bloke that I looked at. And, you know, I think coming to the Panthers is definitely a better opportunity than running off Luke Brooks. I think he's a little bit of an awkward price and I do expect him to rise. But the fact that I just know that he's not Viliama kick out, um, mm -hmm. I'll be looking elsewhere. Um, and I think yep. I'll be looking to the um, to the Knights. Um, I'll be looking at Adam Elliott. Yeah, I like it. I've actually had him in my team uh, up until I popped Jack Murchie in. So, um, yeah, I like it. Why, why are you going with Elliott? Look, I think the opportunity is going to be there with the Knights. I – how can I say this without sounding like a dick? I, statistically speaking, don't look towards the Knights for a super coach player very often. Um, but I do think I'd love to watch him playing for the Raiders. He's going to a worse team. He's going to be looking to prove himself. Um, he's going to be wanting to prove that he's worth the big contract. And look, 560K does sound like almost premium price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But with the price rises, we're looking at a 500K player that I think just has an excellent ceiling. Like when you look at players, you know, in and around that 600K, like would you rather take a risk on Adam Elliott or would you look to an old head like, Tyson Frizzell in that team. You know, you can actually save money over having Adam Elliott instead of an old head like Jack DeBellin. Like, I just want Adam Elliott in my team. I think he's going to – he could be a bloke that's worth 650. I think that I can comfortably put him in my 17 every week. You could have comfortably put him in your 17 every week playing for the Raiders. Um, yeah, I just want him in my team.
I like it. I like it. I wish um, there's somebody. I wish there was somebody that I could disagree with you on at the moment. And I, there probably will be soon, but I can't disagree with with Elliot because we saw what he did at the Raiders. With the the old boost for Elliot was trending for about a month because <laughs> um, he just went on a tear. He just averaged about seventy or eighty for a few weeks there through the middle of the season. And um, yeah, the guy's just hammer and tong. He's incredible. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, mate, we've got three uh, cheapies, I guess, to round out the two RFs. Uh, I, I can't imagine anybody running with four more expensive mid-rangers um, slash guns. You're probably looking for value for money here on the bench. And I've gone with Jermaine Hopgood uh, from Parramatta, who's come across from Penrith. He only had four games last season. Um, he averaged 53.5 when he got more than 40 minutes last year. So, um, you know, Gutho's already come out and earmarked him, I guess, for a breakthrough season. There's plenty of quotes around how good he's been and how great he's been at training. Um, yeah, he's... Definitely impressing, and he actually led offloads in the New South Wales Cup last year, 46, which was six more than any player in the competition. So the guy loves an offload, and we know that anybody that can offload successfully in the NRL, uh, especially in Supercoach world, um, they're almost a must-have. What are your thoughts on Hopgood? Yeah, I like him. Looks looks like Tavita Light out there. Um, you know, he had like four <laughs> games last year. He's hard to look at. I have elected to save a little bit more money, you know, looking to spend that early 200s rather than late 200s and hope that something sticks. Um, but, yeah, Jermaine Hopkins looks like a good prospect and, yeah, you'd be mad not to at least look at him. Mate, the other guy I've got before we talk about the one that we've both got and probably 95% of super coaches will have in round one, I've got Sean Bloor. Um this guy's had huge wraps on him for about three years at the Tigers. Everyone thought he would start last season before he got injured, did his ACL and missed the season. Um, I think he should start on the bench at worst. Now that there is a world where I feel like he could even find a starting edge role, um, considering how much they love this bloke, depending on obviously what they do with John Bateman. So, you know, if John Bateman ends up starting 13, playing lock, it opens up an edge role there, um, which honestly he's good enough to fill. So, mate, if he starts, he'll be in everybody's team. There's there's no doubt. Um, even if he's got a bench position, that's more than enough for me from what I know about this guy and from what I've seen to give him a run. And it might be a slow burn off the bench, but I'm more than happy to hold a guy like that for, for half a season or more if it makes me some cash. Excellent. And he's not going to be in your 17. Um, he's just a bloke that you've got on yep. the bench. You know, you're hoping to, to make 150K and then just move on from, so... 100%. And the other guy that I'll mention is Josh Schuster. We don't even need to talk about him too much because uh, I'm pretty sure that if you ter- if you type in Supercoach Podcast on any platform, um, he's being spoken about. So <laughs> If he's not um, 80% the, owned. Just the fact. If he's not the second most yeah. owned in the, uh, in the comp at the start of the season, I'll eat my hat. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mate, the guy's playing 80 minutes, could take 5-8 this year, averaged 60.9 in 2021 when he played 80 minutes. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's that's issues enough. Last that, year, that's all we need to know. Two hundred and forty k, like we're talking about Sean Bloor or Josh Schuster. Yep, yep, hundred percent. If you have to choose one, you know who you're going with. Yeah, easy free up I, cash. So yeah, that's yeah, exactly. uh, that's me in the second row. Who are you? Who are you looking at for cheapies? Look, I've added Ray Stone. I like the fact that he's a jewel, even though I've sort of uh, backed myself into a corner with Robson and Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, there is a. There is a world where he jags a starting lock row. Um, but I think it's just a wait and see situation. It's just one of those situations where you're adding a cheapie that has a lot of opportunity, you know, fifty to, well, forty days from the season starting, 
and um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity on the Dolphins. So I thought, well, let's add Stone. Uh, let's see where he ends up. And, yeah, if he's playing 40 minutes at 240K, he's a guy that I want. Um, but- and then I also, going towards that fantastic draw, I'm looking at, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Jack Kosciuszki. Uh, <laughs> yep. 246K. Uh, he did only play the four matches last year, but I think as a second row forward, uh, you've got Tom Gilbert departing. I think he's a guy that you just need to look at. at in the second row forwards, you're going to want three cheapies. You're going to want three guys below 300K so that you can load up at other positions. Um, you're going to have your three starters. I think he's just a guy that we all need to be looking at and, um, yeah, he's sitting there right now on my bench. Love it. Kachevsky was, like, incredibly super coach relevant at one point a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he was, came in at basement price, and everyone was super excited. And he came in, and he, I think he scored 80 or 90 in his first game, and everyone thought this guy's going to be, you know, my ticket to making tons of cash <laughs> and turning him into a keeper. And then he disappeared, and Manly didn't play him for the rest of the season. And I <laughs> the, thought, next, um, the next Zach Hosking. That's it. He's just gone. He's, uh, he's taken Garner's spot. I don't know what you're talking about. Mate, could happen. You just don't know. There's <laughs> oh, plenty of fight there for that left edge. So I don't think it's going to happen. There's probably a reason he's played four. Uh, he started in four um, four games ever. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mate, halfback. Um, look, there's two players here that we can probably, you know, easily just say, yeah, lock them in. Um, and that's Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary, two best halves in the game, the golden halves. Um, you can easily, there's an argument where you can just lock them both in and that, that'll do you for the season. You're sorted. Um, but you've got 1.74 million in two players. There's definitely some merit to go elsewhere or to tinker with that and, and play around with it and just keep one and use the cash elsewhere. What are your thoughts on Hines and Cleary? Look, I actually think you're getting Cleary at a little bit of a discount after last year. Um, he only played 14 matches. He averaged 80. Nico Hines was the best player in the game last year, and he's a bloke that I will definitely own at some stage during the year. But I think being able to afford your blokes like Cotter, um, being able to have a guy like Crichton instead of oh, maybe a Ray Stone, uh, maybe a Goshewski, um think I can use that money elsewhere and I think Tanner Boyd uh passing to his best mate uh getting a getting a spot at the Titans who um yeah I think can can hold a uh a number seven that's not as experienced um I want him in my team and at 380k you know you're saving what 530k that you can spend elsewhere um I've got Tanner Boyd in my team yep he is the guy that I will remove one of these for. That's as simple as that. Um, we all, we've all we spoken about Boyd a little bit when we spoke about Fafita. Uh, it sounds like he's got the seven wrapped up. Sounds like it's his to lose. Goal kicking, good high school mates with Fafita, so they should link up well. They should know each other's games relatively well. It's hard not to consider freeing up cash um, and using him because, like you said, that 500K, you can do some amazing things with that. I can get in a, pro, a premium center wing. And I can go and upgrade my front row forwards or my second row and get the second gun, second rower in. Um, and when you look at your team, and I was saying this on Twitter to a couple of guys now, when you look at your team and you take Hines out and you use Boyd there and you go and change your team around, your team looks honestly so much better without him there. But it, Nico Hines is one of the guys that, you know, you're going to regret not having at some point. You've got to get him in quick. Um, 
So how long can you wait before you have to pull the trigger and get Heinz back in? And how much cash can Boyd make in a short period of time? I think is the question. Um, I'm very, very close to, to taking Heinz out. Yeah, look, and I agree with you. I, look, looking back on last year, as a bloke that finished top 400, how many times last year did you VC whoever was playing before... Out of Nico and Cleary, how many times did you VC one and captain the other? I don't want to have $1.7 million at the halfback position. If Nico was playing fullback, he would 100% be in my team. They're, they're the best two players in the comp at the moment, at least super coach-wise. I'm going to miss the fact that you can VC one and captain the other and be confident that you're going to finish in the top 5%. Yeah, losing that jewel is a killer. Um, I think that's what made him so attractive last year, um, aside from those beautiful long locks in the wet. Um, I, I genuinely it think it is beautiful, isn't it? Um, but unfortunately, like you're going to have to, you're going to have to obviously use your reserve um, at half if you got those two guys in, which is fine. But you, you definitely can't offset them like you could last year with vice captain, captain. So, um, you know. Uh, I suppose if you weren't going to go with those two, but you still wanted someone premium, I'd probably put an argument together for Mitch Moses. He's about a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars cheaper, and he still averages seventy. They've got a relatively tough draw to start, but they've also got the best schedule in the comp. So they've got a buy in round fourteen, Parramatta, and then they play all the major buy rounds through the state of origin. So you know that's an extra number through those three, thirteen, sixteen, and nineteen. I think it is this year. Um, you know, it's hard to argue against Mitch Moses. It, could come up into a career year. Look, looking at the top 10 halfbacks, I genuinely think you've got to go absolute premium or look at a cheaper option like Tanner Boyd. I'm not wanting anyone yep. like Reynolds. I'm not wanting anyone like Hunt. I'm not wanting anyone like Cherry Evans. And look, you look to Jerome Hughes being a New Zealander over that origin period. But yeah, I think it's either Nico. Cleary, or you're just punching out somebody cheaper. And maybe we get another cheaper think, option throughout the year, but, yeah, at 384K, he's going to get the opportunity. Absolutely. Let me tell you this. Round six, right? Let's keep this in mind. Mitch Moses from round six, they have the Tigers, they have the Bulldogs, they have the Broncos, Newcastle, Gold Coast, Canberra, Souths. I'm just That's hearing a pretty nice run leading the into the state of origin. Broncos. <laughs> yeah, they're not that great, mate. Don't worry. You've got Gold Coast and Newcastle in there. I wouldn't be calling them elite. But, I'm, um, I'm cancelling. No, you know, there's an argument. <laughs> there's a there's an argument. You could take him at round six. You could go Boyd for six rounds and go Moses. You know, there's hey, there's look, merit if in it. Generates so let's, let's see how that plays out. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely, um, mate. Five eight. Who do you have in the five eight? Oh, mate, I'm going to let you talk about Matty Burton. You've talked me into it. Mate, I love Matty Burton. I love Matty Burton. I yeah, I have talked you into it, haven't I? He's at 594000 Priced at a 55 average. Um, I'm going to go out and say, you can take this to the bank, hot take, that he's going to be top five scorer this year in Supercoach. They've got a strong pack. Look, You look at the Bulldogs, they're definitely well improved from last season. Their roster's well, way well improved. Um, you see, obviously, he's getting his hands on the ball in most possessions, basically. Um, he averaged 41 last year up to round eight, and then he averaged 64 for the rest of the season. Um, and let's add in that he's got Kikau on his side now. 
and I'm sure that he's going to be using him. Um, just that impact that Kickout has on the left edge to drag defenders in is probably, and let's hope, is going to create some overlaps for, for Fox on the left wing uh, and giving Matty Burton plenty of involvement, plenty of try assists and, and opportunities himself. Um, I'm a big fan. He's probably my most locked-in player. He's not coming out of my team. Do you think you could look at Matt Burton like an Nico Hines last year? Like we weren't 100% sure what we were getting. Um, you're getting him at a little bit of a discount. He's got a new team around him. Uh, he's got Kikau running, running off him. Um, do you see him getting into a position where he could maybe be the top top player, maybe the second-best player? Well, I mean, look, he goal kicks. Um, he does goal kick. If he kicks goals, if he kicks goals and Bulldogs are scoring tries, which they weren't doing, let's keep in mind, for the first eight rounds, which is why he averaged next to nothing, um, th- there's a good chance he could be the top-scoring player. And, and look, yeah, that's a massive take. When we're talking about Heinz, Cleary, Tedesco, these guys are, you know, super coach giants. But Matt Burton can keep up. I reckon he can keep up. So you don't have um, a Matt Burton in your team as a stepping stone into a Cameron Munster or a Dylan Brown. He's locked in. He's the guy you want. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and say that I would take him, even if we got to a point where Munster and Dill Brown were averaging the same or priced around the same, I'd keep Burton. Excellent. And the second one for me, the cheapie, uh, oh. at 5'8", he's got, him, got himself into a bit of drama. <laughs> oh, uh, Jaden Sullivan. Unfortunately, there must be something in the water over at the Dragons. Um, you've got old mate Talatau Amon, who's in a little bit of um, Johnny Dramas over there, um, you know, getting into a bit of trouble. I into think a bit he's of mischief. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he, we're going to see him this year based on that. But anyway, you don't want to speculate. We'll see what happens. But um, outside of my pay Jaden Sullivan was – yeah, absolutely. Jaden Sullivan, you know, he's he's a, the guy that was obviously earmarked to take that spot. And unfor- unfortunately, he's gone and done his hammy. He's grade two hammy, I think, NRL physio said, so which is usually about four to six weeks as a minimum. So he's going to be touch and go for the start of the season now. Um, I've got him in here, and I haven't thought about who I'm going to replace him with yet. And obviously, I'll just keep him there until we see what Teamless Tuesday looks like because that's probably a price that I'll be working around. Um but if he gets some minutes, he, he could easily average 40 as a, a starting 5'8". Uh, and I don't mind that. Yeah, no. And, like, he's a guy that you've got coming off the bench. Uh, he's a guy that you have there to generate cash. I'm not sure who else you go. Like, whether you, uh, you have to make a step up to 450K to 550K to get a guy that's playable. Um, maybe looking mm-hmm. at a Hastings, maybe looking at a Kiri, maybe looking at a Foreign. They're not exciting prospects, but they're guys that are going to get you 40 to 55. Um, otherwise, you go real cheap and, you know, you hope Cody Nicarima talks in, talks himself into being a good football player or um, or there's an injury at the Broncos for Jock, Jock Madden. Unless you're going two premiums, um, I don't think there's much else you can look towards. Like Matt Burton covers 600K. Um, you know, I actually, I was actually looking towards Adam Dewey until I realized that he's probably playing in the centers, uh, which scares me. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was pretty excited about Dewey this year until I found out that they were doing a bit of a switcheroo at training. And look, look, it's, you know, the 19th of January. It's training. Yeah, a lot we're not even talking next, about preseason. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. So we'll wait until we see some games and see how they line up there. But yeah, Dewey, I mean, I know there's a few people that are pretty high on Dewey um, this year and that look for good reason. But at the moment, I just don't trust that Tigers outfit to gel straight away. It's going to take them some games. It's going to take them some time, probably a few rounds to really gel and understand 
um, their systems and things like that. So I'm probably just going to wait and see a lot of the Tigers guys initially. But the one guy I'm not going to wait and see on is Charlie Staines. He's my first center wing picked. 378,000, 36 average last year, clearly because he didn't really get an opportunity at Penrith there. Um, now, the rumor is that Staines has actually got fullback uh, and getting fullback reps with the first team. Uh, and they've got Dane Laurie training at six, which is why, obviously, Dewey's in the centers, which is, honestly, I don't know whether that lines up. I don't know whether that's going to happen. But, look, Staines as a winger stinks. He sucks. <laughs> I don't like terrible. him as a winger at all. But He's he no, does got, have coming anywhere near my team coming as a winger. Panthers outfit and coming to the Tigers. You know, he's not yeah. that old. Um, he's not experienced. But they're looking at they're looking at something where Charlie Staines could be at the fullback. And I think any fullback, I want him in the, in my center wing if he's dual. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, if Staines is named at fullback in round one, he's locked in. Easy, easy, uh, easy decision for me. I'm with you, um, and with something you any... similar to that, I am looking at Perham from the uh, from the doggies. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, like Gus loves him. Um, look, it's a bit of a smoky because we're actually not sure what's happening at the at the Bulldogs. But as with Charlie, any guy that's going to be playing center that can can slot into center wing. And he's going to be playing fullback. You want him in your team. Yep. Yeah, I think they both sit in the same mold, Staines and, and Perham. So, and they're the same price. Um, so. Good shout. Yep. Um, now, I've got the cheap Brian Toe named in my team. We've got Isaac <laughs> Thompson. Um, bit of a base stat beast. Um, he's, he's priced at about 50% of his value based on what he showed us last year in, in very limited opportunity. Um, but we know that this guy just tackle bus for fun takes hit-ups, offloads, um, all those attacking stats. His base and power is through the roof. He scored 20 tries last year in New South Wales Cup, 75 tackle bars, 13 offloads in 16 games. Do you think he's going to take mean, Tony uh, Mills' those, position? I don't. So this is the toss-up. And obviously, if he gets named, great. But, um, you know, based on what I saw last year from Tane Milne, do, do they really believe that he's the, the guy that's going to take them uh, in that position over the next five years? I'd argue that they don't considering he was in and out of the team for, for such a, a great amount of time last year. Yeah, well, he's in and out of the team because he was getting sent off like twice in one game. But uh, he did it. score yeah, a lot of loves the card, doesn't he, old mate? <laughs> yeah, he did. Loves the He can finish. And, I mean, he showed that showed that in the New South Wales Cup. The guy's a try scorer and he's a tackle buster and he's an offloader. And those are the kind of guys that you froth over in Supercoach land. So, Look, that's, uh, for the bunnies, you know, I would nearly be... We're going to wait till Teamless Tuesday, but whoever gets that position, even Tane Mills at Milne at 450K, uh, there's a lot of value to be looking at in that spot for the Bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, Hamiso Tabuai Fado, <laughs> the hammer. This is one of those conversations that I literally, I can't open Twitter without saying something about his role or what people think he's going to do. And I think Tessie New has, uh, signing at the Dolphins has absolutely thrown the biggest spanner in the works possible. Yeah, um, well, you know what I think about Tessie New. I do know. Yeah, considering <laughs> uh, you had a few painful Broncos games last year that you had to put up with him. Yeah, look, I wish Hamel was playing fullback, but I don't see it happening. I don't think they would have signed Tessie New if that, if they had planned it, played the, played the hammer at fullback. I think at 330K, he's going to be a serviceable center wing. Um, he's going to be a guy that runs a little bit all over the field and, um, yeah, beats that 30 average. He's in my team. 
I wish he was playing fullback. He would be an absolute lock if he was playing fullback, but I think it's going to be a bit of a wait-and-see situation. Maybe they're going to start seeing the performances that Tessie New puts in. Um, yeah, I... Do you think it's a matter of time before it gets to a point where they decide, okay, Tessie New isn't the guy that we want at fullback and they move Hammer back? Mate, Hammer was playing Origin. Tessie New was playing reserve grade. I'm look, pretty good summary. I don't know what. The, yeah, exactly. Let's just stop it there. Let's let's call Uncle Wayne and ask him <laughs> what he wants to do. So, yes, yes, that's it. That's about as much as you're going to know about that situation. But we'll monitor it pretty closely because if he's fullback, he's definitely a good proposition. Fun fact: he actually averaged more at centre wing, uh, at centre wing, than he did in the fullback position last season. Forty-seven versus fifty-one, oh, and there's not a big get, gap there, but get him he in. still scored okay. <laughs> you just don't want 47 in your team, do you? Yeah, look, he's not going to have that bench roll this year. Um, he is going to be a cash cow that I would be confident putting in my team. Um, yeah, and playing him in my 17 at 330K, I think he's going to be, yeah, in the 70% own. Yeah, nice. Mate, I'm going to run through the last four center wings because it's a lottery. Um, but the first one isn't. Chance Nickel Clockstad. I actually like him in New Zealand. He's back home in his own environment. Um, had a great year. Ended the year quite emotionally with the Raiders. Um, it shows he actually gives a shit about footy and gives a shit about the people he plays with. He only played 11 games last year, unfortunately, but that due to that, he's severely underpriced at 327. Um, so it, back in 2020, he averaged 54. So even if he goes back to that average, uh, that's a 20-point uptick. So I'm more than happy to take a 20-point uptick for a guy that's going to be sitting on my bench most likely or be my last center wing play. Um, so I'm, I'm big on C&K. Second guy is Hayes Dunster. Um, he's actually tipped to pair it with Panasini in the centers at Parramatta. So he scored 17 tries in the New South Wales Cup last year. Good kick returner, eats up base and power stats. Um, the last three rounds of last season against North Queensland, Melbourne, and Penrith, he finished with 52, 82, and 36 which is pretty solid. So the guy's shown us that he can score at, at NRL level um, and that he can score well on Supercoach as well. So I'm big on Hayes Dunster. And then the last two guys are Jack Howarth, who I think we all love as a dual to RF center wing. Um, if he finds his way into the 17, he's a pretty easy lock at absolute basement price, 200,000. Um, bit of a utility, does a bit of everything. So he'll definitely find some minutes this year, especially with the players that they've lost at Melbourne. And the last guy is uh, Cam Pereira from the Titans. He's obviously, again, at 200,000, but he's been earmarked as the fastest man on the Titans roster. And there's some quick guys over there. <laughs> so um, he's uh, actually tipped to get the, the wing position this year. Um, he scored 25 tries in 19 matches in the Queensland Cup. The guy can finish uh, in the corner, and um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. And if he gets a start, then I'm all over it. So, any of those guys are in your team as well? No, no, no. I've got um, I've got Tyrell Sloan, um, from the Dragons playing. I think he's a he's yep. a chance playing fullback. Um, because I just love fullbacks that can play centre wing. Yeah. And he's only two hundred and ninety eight k. I was disappointed in him last year. I started last year with him, um, but they signed him in twenty twenty one. They they signed him to a three year contract. Look, I think he'll get opportunity. Um, I've tipped the Dragons to come last. Um, if you can't find a cash cow in the uh, in the team that you think is going to get last, I uh, think you should give it away. Um, I've got Valince Tuwery. Um, 
Look, I'm hoping he gets a center position for the uh, for the Dolphins. I think we're going to be looking at him as a try scoring machine in Queensland Cup. I think again, signing Tessie New has blown that out of the water for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Maybe Tessie think... New is just ruining everything for you. <sighs> Tessie New's in the Broncos calendar too. Just a heads up. Um, <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't be. Uh, everyone knew he was leaving as soon as Walsh got signed. It's nearly that's nearly as good as when they used Josh Adokar for all the New South Wales promo <laughs> material in the lead up to Origin last year. That's a beauty. Can I tell you that the marketing team were better at picking a team thing than Freddie was that year? So <laughs> they were. It shows. Uh, um, and I was playing around with the um, with the build, and as soon as I took Nico out of the team. I could afford Val Holmes. And at centre wing, being a goal kicker that has that draw that the Cowboys that we've been talking about all night, um, I'm excited about having Val Holmes. He's absolute premium, premium. Like you can get Brian Toto for $100,000 less. But I think Val can cover that. I think he can get 70 for at least the first, you know, till origin. And then I'll be looking to move on from him. Yeah, you mentioned Brian Toto. Um, a lot of people are starting with Brian Toto. I think the appeal there is that we know that um, Taylor May is missing the first two rounds due to that su- delayed suspension from 2017 or whenever he got suspended. <laughs> They've delayed it that long. Um, he got to got to play a number of games, grand final, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so he misses the first two, which means that Brian Toto is likely to start on the left edge, uh, on the left wing, um, which is his preferred side. Uh, and we know how good Brian Toto is on the right hand but we know he starts well on the left. Um, so you've got two, uh, I guess, two rounds there to, to really assess whether he's going to keep the left uh, or whether Taylor May's just going to come and slot back in. Is that, I think the one thing we need to think about as well is, is that left edge going to be as potent without kick out? And I think the answer is no. It's a flat no. So are they going to go down the left more or did they go down the left so much last year where Toto didn't get any ball on the right because of kick out? So that's one thing to keep in mind. Are they going to go right more this year? Is Cleary going to go right more? Are they going to use Crichton more? Um, I don't know whether that helps Toto or not anyway, because the bloke's got glue hands. <laughs> he does have um, glue hands. But he did develop a bit of a he did develop a bit of a passing game at the back half of last year. He got a couple of flicks out to Toto there at the back end of the season. So let's hope we can see more of that. Look, I um, I think the pedigree's but, there with Toto. I think playing behind Crichton hurts him. I think playing beside Targo is going to help him, but I think it's going to be good for two weeks. And then Taylor May is going to slot, slot himself in. And yeah, you're going to get 600K's value out of Brian Toto and you're going to pay 600K for him. So. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not starting with him at this, at this stage. Um, but we'll see. When I take Nico out and I do another draft of well, one of, you know, probably 550 more drafts. Yeah. And you add Talakai uh, and you, you're, and you're on a roll. Um, He's one of the guys that I will never add again. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that at the start of the season, first podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it out there that I will never own Talakai again. Um, but in saying that, fun fact: Wade Graham uh, has come out today, reckoning uh, he thinks that Teague Wilton's gonna have that left edge and he's gonna find himself on the bench. So does that mean that not having the slow old Wade Graham next to him, Talakai might get some early ball again? Who knows? But I'm still not going. With it. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm just. Dropping homes out, adding Talakai. Um, yeah, spending 100K on Hammer. It'll be right. <laughs> yeah, see you in about 100,000, mate. <laughs> um, let's move on to the fullbacks because uh, I think we're kind of uh, 
kind of on the same page. I know we've got different players, but I think you'd, you're probably looking more premium in the fullback position because it's one of those positions that does have such a big impact in the game. Um, I've gone with Latrell and Tedesco, um, the two most expensive fullbacks aside from Pappenhausen. So, um, look, I, I feel like they're both healthy. They're both in good positions. Look at Latrell last year. The guy was a beast. Absolute tackle-busting machine. I'm more than happy to spend big at fullback to get premium, reliable points. And I know that I'm going to get that from Latrell. I know he does go missing sometimes, but the Rabbitohs should be a, a pretty solid squad again. They should be scoring points, which means he's going to be kicking goals. So I'm happy to start the season with Trell. And obviously, Teddy, like, um, in 2021, Teddy averaged 105 through the first six games. And in 2020, he averaged 106.5 in the first six games. So he just loves the start of a season. Uh, we always know he's going to turn up fit and he's going to turn up ready. And I felt like the Roosters started slow last year. Um, they won't do that this year. They're going to come out red hot. I reckon they're going to give everyone a bit of a run for their money. So... How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about fullback this year? Look, I agree with you. I had Tedesco to start last year, and he was a staple in my team for the rest of the year. But at Tom Trebojevic at five hundred and seventy-seven k, he's injured. This may not pan out, but how can you not have Tommy in your drafts at five hundred and seventy-seven k? Like he can play on one leg and be worth five hundred and seventy-seven k. Yeah, he's priced at fifty-five. Like 55, think about that. You know, this is a guy that's averaged 120 in a season. And and do do we see that again from him? I, I don't know. We don't need to. I'm unsure we whether we can actually. That's right. But we also need to consider a couple of things. Now, there's a chance that Manly don't have him ready or he doesn't feel like he's ready and he doesn't start till round three. Can Manly have the round two buy? So do they look at round one and they go, why are we... Uh, why are we risking Tom in the first, our best player in the first round when we've got a rest round two? Do we bring him back round three and let him get into his work? And, and I reckon there's a chance that they actually do that or they might start him at centre. Um, kind of wouldn't make sense if they started him at centre. I think I'm starting to side towards the fact they might not even start him until round three. And if that's the case, you're not, you're not going with him. Yeah, you're saving a trade for, for two weeks. I think you're going to have enough confidence in your team uh, listening to these podcasts that, you're okay with sitting Tom on the bench and not playing him. Do you think putting yeah, okay. it into perspective, not having Tom Trebojevic in your team, that Tessie New is 20K more expensive? Yeah. He's I got mean, the battery. They need to reevaluate that, don't they? I might, I might put my hand up to do some um, some of the super coach pricing, I think. Lach- that's, Lachlan that's Miller is 20K that. more expensive than Tom Trebojevic. Yeah. Nick Meany is 80k more probably expensive. Will when you do the team summaries. Brinson is 100k more expensive. Tom Trevojevic is still Tom Trevojevic. He could play on one leg, 577k. If he drops 20k, he's going to rise 200k. I think he's a lock. Even if he doesn't play till round three, you're going to have a serviceable fullback. You're going to be playing a center. Um, you might get more points anyway. So instead of going Tommy Turbo, you pick up and whoever else it is that gets you a good solid amount of points in the first couple of rounds. You also get three looks at Turbo up to round five. So do you not start with someone else? See how you go. You might pick up someone, and this is kind of the reason why I'm going Latrell and, and Tedesco. How many extra points can I get in those first two weeks if Tommy doesn't play? And, and then obviously, if it doesn't work out, I can bail out to Tommy Turbo. You know, and and that's a pretty easy bailout, and I'm saving three four hundred k to then upgrade elsewhere. And I know I'm burning a trade, but you do have that option to actually free up a shitload of cash 
uh, by not going with Turbo early and then dropping back to him if you needed to round five if he takes off. Yeah, but you're talking about 300k. Like you can, you've already spent that money in your front row forwards. Like you have a guy like Angus Crichton instead of Ray Stone. Uh, you have a guy like, um, like you already have a guy like Reese Robson instead of playing Mitch Kenny. Like you've already spent that money. You're already going to get the benefit of that money. If Tommy Turbo doesn't work out, you can cash out a guy like that and step up to Latrell Mitchell as well. You can do exactly the same thing in three weeks. Latrell's not going to change price in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, fresh out. Um, I'm saving that money early. I'm going to spend it elsewhere. I'm going to make sure I have Cleary. I'm going to make sure I have Robson. I'm going to make sure I have Cotter because I love their schedule. Um, if anyone, I'm sitting there on Val Holmes, but I want him in my schedule early. I want him in my team early, and then I want to move him on after that. You can save that money there. You can move your Val Holmes down to, you know, your hammers later on and and spend the money later on. But getting Tommy in my team at 577K, I'm not looking past him. If you told, If you were talking yeah. to yourself halfway through last year, and I said you could have Tommy at 577K, he might be a bit banged up. He's in America getting fixed up. You'd still put him in your team. I did, and I did. <laughs> so well, he wasn't 577. I think he was like 800 or seven, 969, I think. <laughs> He's he burnt, was, yeah. and he I picked him up. Last as soon as he came back, he did. Burnt me big time because uh, he came back. He had a couple of shit games and was out for the season. And... um that burnt, I burned a couple of trades that I probably actually needed at the back end of the season last year. So I am a little bit burnt by Turbo, but I, I do agree with you. If he's, if he's starting round one, if they're using him round one uh, and they're saying that he's fit and he's looking good in the trials and all that kind of stuff, he plays some trials, I, it's hard not to go with him. I'll probably find some, uh, I'll probably downgrade him. I'll, I'll probably downgrade Latrell to Turbo and start with him. So you'd go um, to go over Latrell? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I feel like Teddy's, you know, proven. Um, I feel like Latrell. Obviously, you can yeah, we've seen what he did last year, but I think there is still some inconsistencies in his game. So, and and, so, and more of a chance of injury. I think I think Teddy's one of the more reliable, um, one of the more reliable fullbacks that isn't going to get injured. So uh, I'm more than happy to go with him. I agree. I rate but, the bunnies. Um, I think he's going to be kicking a lot of goals. I think they're going to be scoring a lot of tries. Um, but this is the first year I haven't started with Tedesco in, in a couple of years, and it, it does make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, you're going to have to watch Roosters games with one eye closed, I think. <laughs> um, um, what about you at fullback, mate? Who, who's the other I've got one? one left. I've got Brisbane's saviour, Reese Walsh, 555k. Yep. Um, people forget that Brisbane were third last year. Um, they've lost Tessie, they've lost Tamari, they've lost Turpin. Um, nothing I consider a big loss. They will look to insert Reese straight away. Um, he wants to be in Brisbane. He has better players around him. He should be fun to watch. He's 550k. Um, I don't think that he's a Pappy. I don't think that he's a Latrell, and I don't think that he's a Tedesco. But I think that he's a guy that's worth $700,000. I expect the Broncos to be Agreed. better. I like a guy to watch, um, but I think at 550K, the Broncos are a lot better than the Warriors. I want him in my team. You can spend that money elsewhere. Again, we're talking about 250K. You know, you're having Val Holmes instead of, you know, your normal center. You're having Val Holmes instead of 
Daniel Tupo, you're having him instead of David Nofaluma. Um, you're spending that money elsewhere. You've got Reese Walsh. I think he's going to score a lot of points. Can't argue. I took Reese Walsh through the middle of the year last year. It was a bit of a punt, a bit of a pot option. He did okay. I think he averaged about 55 to 60 through that period. A um, little bit short of what I would want to get from him, but I can definitely see the reasoning behind why, take, why you take him. So Yeah, look, he averaged 52. He averages what Will Kennedy did last year playing for a worse team. Um, he's going to have a lot more mm. weapons off him. Yeah, I can see him being a guy that generates cash. Maybe a stepping stone to your Latrells. Um, you know, Latrell gets a low score in him. Um, he drops a little bit of cash. Reese Wealth rises a little bit of cash. I'd be happy to step up into Latrell. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cop that hit at the start of the year. Fish out. Fish out. Mate, that, that pretty much wraps up our team picker teams for now. I know we've still got 42 uh, days left, and I'm sure these teams are going to change a lot. So we might do a bit of a reveal when we get a little bit closer uh, to Team List Tuesday. We might have a look and see, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things changing over that time. Um, but, mate, thanks for thanks for hopping on with me. It's always good to chat, Supercoach. Uh, I'm sure we're, we're going to be chatting plenty more Supercoach to come. We're going to be doing uh, some team uh, summaries, I guess, some team reviews of each team as we go. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah, that'll be a um, shorter podcast. Mate, It'll we... be more like 15, 20 minutes. And, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll get involved. Easy, mate. 100%. Mate, where can, um, before we wrap up, where can people reach you? Um, where do you produce most of your content? Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at SC underscore Matrix. And where can we find you, Bruno? Mate, I'm on Twitter also, uh, on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well, but mostly Twitter. So you find me at brain underscore FS, uh, Supercoach Brain. You can search and you'll find me. Um, always happy to chat Supercoach, chat sport in general. Big sport's enough, as as is Matty. So, uh, mate, thanks for hopping on with me today. It's been good fun. Um, look forward to chatting through some teams and, and moving forward into some more pods. Nah, thanks, man. Looking forward to it. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe, guys, if you like what we're what we're chatting about and want to follow along. Hit that subscribe button and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.